And it's our first baseball show for the spring. It doesn't really feel like baseball weather out there today, but hey, we Huskers have already played 14 games. They're 9, 4, and 1, and have won 9 of the last 10 games. You want to be a part of the program with a coach, you can call or text 402-413-2400. Congratulations. What a what a last couple weekends it's been. Your team's really playing some good ball. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and uh, that's kind of the word I've used to describe this group even before the season started. Now, certainly the first weekend wasn't you know a lot of fun <laughs> in terms yeah. of the results, but I just was pretty um, adamant with our team, with our group, with our coaches, and just everybody I talked to that th- th- this group of guys they're going to figure it out like they need a little time maybe to to gel and um you know get a feel for the identity that we're going to forge on the on the field and um yeah these guys are they're just they're very resilient they've already shown that in a short amount of time and and we're playing some good baseball right now you've really lengthened that lineup and i think you felt pretty good about it and you've even been tested a little bit with some injuries to garrett anglum and yet you haven't missed a beat with putting some other guys in there yeah, and that that was a big focal point for us in the off season was to kind of get that that lineup length back to where we had it in 21. We felt like, and even in 2020, to a certain degree, where you've got some pretty formidable hitters at the bottom of the lineup because you you've got to have that. I mean, to be a good offense, you have to have one through nine it be competitive. It doesn't mean every guy's got to hit 300, but you've got to have guys that are able to work the count and. You know, guys at the bottom of the order to get on base to set up for the top of the order. And, and as you saw um, with our last game on Saturday, top of the order, there wasn't much going in terms of hitting. Yeah. Uh, now there was some production there with some runs scored in RBI, but it's hard to win a game when your top five go, you know, over. And, uh, you know, it speaks to the depth, like you said, of the lineup and just that ability to, to put pressure on the pitcher, you know, for each pitch of each inning. Looking back, you mentioned you referenced the San Diego weekend where you didn't get out of there with a win. How how big was the Friday night game then in Mobile, where you finally broke through? And that one was not an easy one. That one you had right. to play right till the end. Yeah, and that that was a big turning point for us. I would say just some of the things that had happened the first weekend were, you know, we just we, we, when we made a mistake defensively, we compounded it on the mound, and and when we you know weren't throwing strikes on the mound, we you know, weren't focused defensively and uh, swung the bats well the last two games there. So that gave us some pretty good hope that, that the lineup was going to shake out to be the way that we thought it might. Um, and, and we saw some of those same things kind of rear its head in that Friday game at South Alabama where, you know, we make an error and there's a couple runs that score because of it. And right after we had taken the lead and then, um, again, showing some of that fight and resiliency, we answer right back on that Friday night, and it's tight. I mean, we leave some guys on base. We strand some runners that they had in scoring position, and we just needed to win a game like that, I think, to get get ourselves kind of over that hump with this year's group. Um, and it, it's been, you know, you can kind of just see us get better and better, you know, each game after that. This team um, <laughs> seems to like each other. Have you noticed that being around them all fall and leading up to this season? Yeah, and that was really pretty evident from the get-go. I, I think just the guys that we had back, um, the 11 guys that returned from the 21 team, were very, very motivated to make sure the clubhouse culture was exactly where it needed to be that had, had been in the past. And maybe at times last year was lacking. And, of course, not, not winning games doesn't help. But um, I think there was maybe – there was definitely a, a conscious effort on their – part to to make sure that it was the way it needed to be and uh they really gelled and i think just their the overall love of 
of the game for just the guys on our roster. I mean, they love to play baseball. Uh, they like to be around. You know, the, you can always tell teams that are tight knit when practice is over. There's still a bunch of things going on in the locker room long after practice is over. Guys hanging out. Um, you know, just spending time together, getting to know each other. Um, man, just really speaks to the, our veteran leadership that way and how they've gelled. And, yeah, we saw that. I mean, I think going and having to play off campus probably helped some of that too where, you know, in the fall we didn't have a home field and we, they rode together to practice yeah. in their cars to and from and just kind of bonded over some of that shared adversity, maybe if you want to call it that way in the fall. So we did. We've seen that with this group. Um, they, they mesh with the way our coaching style, you know, the things that we're asking. Um, and I, they've just been a joy. They've been a joy to, to be around and, and fun group of, of guys to, to coach. Everybody at the college level now is dealing with the portal. And baseball's always been kind of a, maybe more of a fluid roster than some of the other sports. But you've taken guys like Garza and Fisher. How big, when you're going through the process of thinking about adding people like that, do you balance their, their personality and how they're going to fit into what they can actually do with a batter ball? It is as important as their physical talent because there's 3,000 plus names in that portal. Yeah. So, there, you know, there's there's plenty of talent in there that you feel like it, you could upgrade your roster. But what are you getting with that package? Are you getting, you know, somebody that's running from a situation? Are they running to a situation? That's typically what you get with, with, with transfers is you want to find guys that are kind of coming to a situation that they feel like they fit in well with. And, and we were able to check those boxes for, for all these transfers that we brought in. We, f we felt like, you know, from a talent standpoint, man, we really were able to upgrade. Got some good left-handed hitters in there with Burnham and, and Fisher and, you know, f and also uh, Garza, you know, from the right-handed pitching side of it. But talking to all their coaches and just doing some digging on all those guys, like utmost respect for how they went about their business and felt like they would be a great fit for us so yeah it is it's extremely important for us to to do our due diligence with with all the recruits that we bring here so we make sure that we get the right guys and and you've hit on i mean your hit rate's unbelievable burnham has done a great job got his average over 300 jace has been dominant on the mound yep. for you in the saturday start absolutely I mean, your hit rate's pretty darn good yeah and kaminska was was a no-brainer i mean a friday night guy at a really good program and you know he's got some of the best stuff in the country and he was looking for you know a change of scenery as well and felt like nebraska was going to be a great fit for him and and we felt like he was going to be a great fit for us so um you know just feel very fortunate and a lot of hard work put in by my staff to to make sure that we we did get the right guys it's 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 a bigger batch of guys now than it was 10 years ago and that are doing this and yeah so it's kind of changed the recruiting mindset i would think yeah and it, it's the you know this summer was unique um and that you know you had coach christie and, and coach arvell kind of off doing a lot of evaluating on future players but also some you know i remember jeff went to watch will rizzo pitch this summer and Will's another one that just really fits us to a T and how he, he does things. And and then we had, you know, back here at home, you know, Coach Childress was, we're all looking at the portal. We're looking at video. We're looking at synergy. You know, Led, Led's helping out. Curtis Ledbetter, our director of ops, uh, myself. We're all just, Coach Marcuso's running camps, but he's also helping with some of that stuff. So there's, it's a team effort for sure. Um, and there wasn't a, the name that went into the portal that we missed <laughs> all, all all 3,000-plus of them. Um, yeah, and like you said, I feel, feel great about what we were able to do. 
Folks, do you want to support Husker student athletes through name, image, and likeness? If so, visit 1890Nebraska.com. How much do you think, as time goes on, would you maybe miss out on a kid when he comes out of high school, but he comes back to you, kind of comes back around and goes, I want to go back home and play back there. Do you think that'll happen some? I think so. I think you'll, I think you'll see that um, in the recruiting process. Um, you know, Brumball was one that, yeah. you know, he's hurt, so we're not getting to see him this year, but he would have been a big part of our team. He was one that we just missed out on out of high school. Not a local kid, but, you know, we thought we had a great chance to get him out of high school. Ended up choosing to go to Oklahoma State, which was closer to home for him. So he kind of came back around. As soon as he went in the portal, it was like, hey, like, do you, guys still, do you guys still have interest in yeah. me? And we said, for sure, you know. So, yeah, I think they're, uh, those situations, those, that dynamic is, is, is totally different than it, than it ever has been. And, um, you know, you just got to always just keep, your, keep an open mind when it comes to those things. Yeah, because sometimes kids are kind of ready to get away from home, and then they go, yeah, I kind of miss being back and having my family be able to drive across town or for an hour from Omaha to come watch you play. So, uh, But, again, I know that your locker room is the important part of it because they spend so much yeah. time together. You just It's a sport where you they're around each other all yeah. the time. Yeah, and, I mean, the things we talk about as much as anything is team play and, and being a great teammate. And, you know, that you have to have good personalities and guys that are willing to put themselves out there uh, that way for, for, for it to work. All right, got a text question. Brandon from Omaha. Coach, good start to the season. It's obvious we have seen a different team since week one. How much of the change is the players keeping each other accountable compared to you coaches lighting the fire? And is, how far are we from hitting our true potential? That's a great question, Brandon. Um, I, I think there is a high level of accountability with this group. Um, I, I think that the team... I think we realized that we had a good team. I think it, it just, when the results aren't there, it's easy to kind of get emotional about it. But I think the thing about having an older group of guys and more experienced group of guys is they're, they're not going to panic. And um, they've really, we've really just stayed the course. So from them holding each other accountable, I think it really just came down to, look, this is, we're going to be process driven. We've talked about that. Um, I don't know if, if you've heard me say it once, I've said it a million times, like our, our process is we want to practice with joy and intent every day. And that it's easier said than done. I mean, it's, it's not easy every single day when you're a student athlete to show up, have a great attitude at practice and be intentful with how you go about your business. But we feel like if you can do that and you can do it and get incrementally better each and every day, when the games roll around, you don't get driven by your emotions. You just stay process driven. So I just, all I ask the guys after that first weekend is like, let's not abandon the process now because we didn't get the results that we wanted. And again, you have to have that accountability amongst the team to say, yeah, guys, like, hey, we're all we're all in this together. Like, we're we're going to stay stay to the course and stay true to the process. And um, you know, captains have done a great job of just kind of preaching that message and reinforcing that message. I think with the group. So um, yeah, we're blessed to have the team that we have in terms of the personality, the makeup, and and the leadership. I think offensively in San Diego, you were really close. Even game one, you had runners all over the place. You just couldn't get a big hit. That happens in baseball. To me, you turned a big corner with the, with the arms after that first weekend. You weren't walking as many guys, and it seems like you kind of maybe locked in on your six or eight top guys. Yeah, and I, I, I don't – there was some probably rustiness there that first weekend on the mound that we didn't necessarily expect that we really didn't see in the preseason. But, I, you know, 
Could it potentially be a, a, a getting used to the pitch clock scenario? Maybe, uh, but we did practice that, you know, in our. I guess, you know, I, I just hard to really put your finger on, you know, some of the struggles to throw strikes early. Um, but, yeah, you, you get an idea kind of as the season goes along, the guys that are going to be dependable. And we've kind of uh, – and I think there's still some guys that haven't thrown a lot yet that, that are going to be dependable when it's all said and done. So, um, you know, we, we've got a talented pitching staff, and, and they're really improving each, each and every day. Art in Los Angeles on our text line. Coach, I was there for the first weekend. In my opinion, something was off, and it had nothing to do with the Huskers or the coaching staff. Can you explain to me the rules? We had a batter get hit in a game. But they called it a strike instead of going to first base. It confused the heck out of me. Um, it did a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the rule is you have, unless the ball is in the, in the batter's box, you have to make an attempt to get out of the way of the ball, and you can't make a move to get hit by the ball. So, this was uh, Garrett, wasn't it? This was with Anglum. Um, I think the call was that that he made a move to get hit by the pitch, which I, you know, I think the way we the way we're going to teach, you know, getting you 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 want to roll with the pitch, right? Like you don't want to stick your leg out there, you don't want to stick your elbow out there, but you do want to, you kind of want to turn with the pitch, so it kind of makes a glancing blow instead of kind of a direct shot and. I think that's what ha happened with Garrett. He was just kind of rolling, you know, so he wouldn't get directly hit and um, had the appearance, I guess, of, of trying to get hit by the ball, which pretty debatable in my mind. But, um, yeah, the hit-by-pitch one's tough, especially when you don't have replay. That, that's where it becomes really difficult because if you don't have replay, you can't go back and, and watch, and that is a reviewable play uh, to go back and see exactly where the pitch was located did the hitter try to make get out of the way? And if he didn't, did he get, try to get hit by the pitch? So uh, didn't have replay in San Diego. Um, actually haven't had replay except for here, here at home, um, you know, to try to rectify that. So you do have to make an attempt to get out of the way? If, unless the ball is in, the other, is in your batter's box. And yes. you just stand there and take it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, appreciate the call. Art, it was great seeing you out there in San Diego. Thanks for coming out and supporting the Huskers while we were out there. Folks, buckle up, put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Keep those texts coming, 402-413-2400. We're back with more with the coach next. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field it's our first baseball show of the spring head coach will bolt with us till the top of the hour if you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text 402-413-2400 carla on our text line for you coach if the portal had been around when you played if and how would it have affected you and your college playing days me personally um <clears throat> I don't know that it really would have affected. I mean, it's it's easy to say that right now, kind of where where we sit. I mean, I had an amazing experience here. I was a starter as a freshman. You know, was able to play a lot right away and had and played on good teams and felt like I had great coaches and great teammates. So, um, could it have, would it have affected you know our teams at some point in terms of our roster makeup? Maybe maybe some guys that you know, hadn't played a lot. Um, maybe they, because we did have a lot of guys from a lot of different places, um, you know, all across the country. So Canada even. Yeah, Canadians, uh, Hawaiians and Canadians. And, you know, so it, it was, 
For me personally, I mean, I, it wouldn't have changed my experience here at all um, because I was at a place where I felt like I was valued as a player. Um, I love my coaches and my teammates and love the school, you know, so it was a, it was a perfect fit for me um, personally. But, yeah, it's hard to say really how it would have affected college baseball 20 years ago um, as far as, you know, the portal. I mean, really, back then, though, there was no penalty for sitting out Right. If you transferred, so there wasn't a portal, but you pretty easily could transfer and, and not sit if you wanted to. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's just kind of interesting to see how some of this stuff has evolved over the years. Crypto King in our chat room wants to know, Coach, why, why is replay not every game? Well, what, what, is it just who has it set up? Yeah, that that's kind of been um, – at South Owl, when we played there in Mobile, they were in the process of implementing it. Um, so they're a little bit like the Big Ten in their league where it's not mandated across the board, but it's able to be used if you have it. And I think they were in the process of getting that done so it wasn't ready for us that weekend. Um, kind of just depends on where you go. Um, I, I think much, many more places have it than don't have it. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we didn't have it in the dome up in Minneapolis because it's not set up for baseball typically. Right. Um, so that that's why that that was that way there. Um, we we do have the capabilities, even though somewhat limited here at Nebraska, to have it, and we have it for non-conference games. And so, yeah, it's just it's just kind of up to the venue and and who they have available, what kind of camera angles they have available. Because uh, you know we're fortunate here where we do have Husker Vision and we do have the folks that are you know doing the the broadcast, the students, and, and that kind of thing. And so we have more camera angles that we can use. Some places just don't have that, and they don't have it wired for, for replay. Crypto also wants to know if you've got a player two in mind that's maybe made the most improvement from last year. Man, um, yeah, I, it's kind of – your catcher has. Yeah, I, Josh Karen is the first one that comes to mind as far as a guy that we've always seen the talent and ability in and, and uh, really just kind of coming into his own as a, as a catcher, as a leader, and as a hitter. Um, fantastic player. Um, you know, Drew Christo, I think, con- continues to improve um, and, and, and really make some strides. There's some other guys in there, too, um, that, have, that have improved, and, and not, not just guys that were young uh, freshmen last year, but guys that, you know, Bryce Matthews, I feel like, has, has come a long way in his game. Um, and there's others, too. I know I'll be leaving, leaving some guys out. Emmett Olson uh, came in as a bullpen guy, and now he's a – as a Friday night starter. So there, there's been a, quite a few guys that, that have improved, and that's that's what we've got to do here at Nebraska. Um, we feel like as good as anybody is develop players and have guys uh, continue to improve in your program. Adam from Lions, Coach, thoughts on the pitch clock? I feel like it's making some of them rush. He's not a fan. He thinks it's too short. Um, I, You know, it's not really for me to say whether I think the rule is great or not. I mean, I, I do... <laughs> I will say some of these cold games, it's it's been, it has been, it has kept the the, the game moving a little yeah. bit. So you're playing in two and a half hours instead of a four hour game uh, when it's cold. But yeah, I I think there could probably be a happy medium in there where you you keep the game moving. Maybe it's a little different with runners on base. Uh, there's some ambiguity there with when the clock actually starts. Because I I will say in San Diego it was, I mean. As soon as the pitcher had the ball, the clock was starting. It was going. 
hasn't really been that way at the other places that we've no. played, including at home. So I think it's kind of up to the the umpire who's operating the clock on the field at times where, you know, and, at, and in South Alabama, they didn't have a visible clock. So I felt like it was almost non-existent that weekend. So, yeah. So I think there needs to be some uniformity to it. I think there will be. I think it's going to be required to have a visible clock everywhere by next season. Um, I, I'm a fan of keeping the game moving. Uh, I, I do think that there, there are some situations where hitters get kind of get put in a tough situation where they've got to have their eyes alerted at, you know, at 10 seconds, and it makes it, makes it difficult, especially with runners on base. I mean, there's – there's not a lot of shaking off of, of pitches if you don't really want that pitch. Like controlling the running game is a little bit different. You only get the one step off now and you get penalized. And um, yeah, we had Matthews got, he got punched out on a. You lost a home run. Yeah, we lost a home Minnesota, run on it. Yeah, so there, there's, some, there's some things that we have to work through uh, when it comes to it. And I think it's, it's part of the game. It's obviously part of the game in the big leagues. Um, it's going to be part of college baseball, so we're going to just have to continue to adjust and adapt. To me, the only thing, and I think they've adjusted this, is the time between half innings. They've extended from 90 seconds to two minutes. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, if your catcher's not on base or in the on-deck circle, I think you could trim some 30 seconds off there. Yeah, but I think you could. I think a lot of that comes down to commercials and true. some of that as and well. And the TV games are longer yeah, than when you're are. not on television. Yep. So maybe, maybe it makes it more uniform <clears throat> if you do it for all of them. Yep. Uh, ben in Crofton. Coach, I know that Perry and Buns have played big roles as talented left-handers in the past. How are they with their arm health, and how do you manage them early in the season? As far as their arm health, they're, they're both in great shape that way. Uh, feeling good, feeling healthy, feeling strong. Um, usually kind of the last thing to come back is the ability to command the pitches exactly the way you want to command it, especially after having a couple of arm injuries because um, I think their stuff is pretty similar right now I mean you're seeing Buns is touching 90 from the left side Perry's touching 90 from the left side um, it, it's just sometimes the command is is the last thing to come back where you can really put it where you want it so uh, Perry's had you know he's got a save in there for us he had a two inning outing last time out he, he's you know, we're not going to hesitate to to send him out there in a tight game. Um, and Buns is still working back. He's a little further behind than where KP is, um, but he's still working back uh, as well. And we're going to pick our spots to get him because he's a – I mean, he was as, as a important a, a piece of our puzzle in 21 uh, as any. And we missed him last year. And, yeah. and we're working to get him back. And he feels good. He feels strong. Um, and he's had a couple of bright spots already, and he's, he's going to be a big part of it. I asked you earlier about – Busting that door down and getting that win that Friday in, in Mobile. Kyle got the last three yeah. outs. And that had to make you kind of smile. Yeah. Battled his way back and got those outs. Absolutely. And, and I think his re reaction down to the bullpen, uh, hearing it after the fact, was when we said, hey, Perry's going to go in the game here. He, he looked at uh, the guys in the pen and said, good decision. Like, so he wanted, that, he wanted <laughs> that role. He wanted to be in that spot. He wanted to be the guy with the ball in his hand to get the team kind of over that hump. And, and he, you could show that emotion. And, and so, yeah, KP and Buns, those guys are, love them to death. Great teammates, awesome. They love the Huskers. And, you know, we just we're going we're gonna to lean on those guys for sure. Couple questions, both on text and in the chat room, about how do you determine whether to have a run rule in effect for a game? Yeah, we, you know, it, it's something that gets talked about um, 
prior to the game and kind of our what we've gravitated towards is the midweek games. Typically, we've always played run rule. If if both coaches agree, you you want to have you want to have that agreement with the coaches. The other the other piece of it that hasn't come into play necessarily is that um, the the extra inning rule. You could put a runner at second base to start the extra innings if you want. I think there was a game last year that we had agreed to do that. Had it come to extra innings, I think because it was maybe. A Wednesday game after a Tuesday game, and you know both teams relied on pitching, so you just right. don't want to drag it out for the weekend. So, those conversations are had prior to the game, and then at home plate, you know, with the umpires and both coaches need to be in agreement with it. Um, that that's kind of been our rule of thumb is is midweeks. If we get to that point, um, you know, we'll just call it after ten after seven. The weekends, there's usually more opportunities to get guys in the game that you kind of want to and it was you know that was the case on Saturday you know if we hadn't played a run rule then Goody wouldn't have been able to get in there and work through some things at the end of that game and Jalen as well both those guys they're going to need that experience and so um, it's not necessarily hard and fast rule but that's kind of typically where we've erred on the side of 10 run uh, midweek games and, and not on the weekends. Very good. Good question. Hey, Nebraska 811 says, go dig red before you dig. Always call or click 811 to have your utility lines marked. It's free. It's easy. It's the law. Let's go to West Point. Husker Dan's up first tonight. Good evening, Dan. Hey, good evening, guys. How's it going? Great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Well, Coach Bolt, I'm sorry, but Mother Nature is not on our side, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, I know. We're just going to have to try to adapt, and um, I sure do hate, you know, um, not getting to play games at home. Uh, but, man, this uh, these last couple of years have been kind of brutal for us in March, haven't they, as, ter- as far as the weather goes? Yeah, you're going to get the crowds. Don't. Don't don't hold off on us. We're going to be there. It's just, you know. <laughs> but anyway, hey, I want to ask you, I know you got a new infield in this ballpark, and how is it holding up? And I, my question is, uh, a lot of times you see the, the dirt is red, and now I'm noticing it's brown. Is there any uh, chemical or scientific deal going on there with that? No, I, I, not not that I'm aware of. I think that it's a similar. Um, what you've got is you've got the dirt, and then you've got the top dressing um, that goes on top of the dirt that – um, it, maybe it is a little bit different shade of, 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 of red or brown or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, maybe there's a little bit less water put on it prior to because we've had some games where um, we've kind of had a little bit of mist going into it. So you don't want to you don't want to water the dirt a whole lot because you're kind of worried about it being too wet when the game rolls around. Um, but yeah, the, the the infield dirt I thought played has played great um, since we've been back and uh, our grounds crew and Kyle and, and his, his crew have, have done a nice job. It's, it's a brand new playing surface. Um, the grass is probably not as fast as what it will be. It, you know, we just, it's with the cold temps, it just makes it tough to really get it down um, where it's probably going to be. But the dirt is great. I think it, it's played, it's played great. Um, and it, you can really tell everything's really leveled out. You know, they, they laser graded it again and, um, yeah, I think it, it's played play, played well, and if it if it looks different, I don't think it's by design. Dan, appreciate the call. Let's go down to Kansas and Tom. Good evening, Tom. You're up with the head coach. <clears throat> hey, Sharpie. Hey, Coach Bolt. Hey, buddy. How hey, are you Tom. Doing? Long time. 
Yeah, long time. I was actually the first caller to the new show, and uh, I'm one of them guys that don't really want to call in unless I ain't got something good to say. So I'll, I just keep quiet. <laughs> well, let's bring it on. Let's hear what. Let's hear what you got. <laughs> All right. Well, one uh, great great start. Not a not a real great one at the the very first weekend, but you really turned it around. Thank you. Um, I I just this might. It, it might sound a little funny, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Shoot. Are you guys teaching your pitchers to, <laughs> to hit batters? <laughs> that is kind of a funny question. No, we're not. We're not te- teaching our guys. Now, now we do, uh, you know, in all seriousness, we do like to pitch inside. Uh, and I think you have to be able to effect- effectively pitch inside, uh, you know, to get good hitters out. And so um, – with that, you're going to have some hit batters. Now, some of the nature of the hit batters that we've had are, is not by design, of course, and of course, we're never trying to hit guys. But you do want to establish the plate um, as a pitcher, and you know Emmett does a good job of that. Uh, his best games, he's he's pounding those right-handed hitters inside a little bit, and um, you know Jace doing kind of the similar thing uh, from from his from the right side. So. We're pitching inside now. We're you know the guys that kind of lose the breaking ball and you know bounce a breaking ball in there and hit a guy, or hit a guy in the back because the breaking ball doesn't make it to the plate. Those are big misses. You know those are ones that we can't have. But um, we do pitch inside with purpose, and sometimes you hit guys uh, with a fastball. It, it just it seems like an in, inordinate amount of hit batters, and what really. Stocks is uh, several of them have been with two strikes. Like they got them down one two or o oh, two, and then plunk them. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating at times. But um, yeah, I like it. Sometimes you try to you know throw that back foot breaking ball, um, and you just throw it a little bit too hard. And that was the case. I think the first weekend there was a lot of that going on, and uh, you know guys just getting a feel for things. But yeah, you, you definitely, when you get up in the count, that's the last thing you want to do is, is is hit a guy. Tom, good to hear from you. Don't be a stranger. Time to tell everybody else to buckle up, put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Back with more with the coach coming up. Our Sports Nightly Hotline brought to you by Woodhouse, where you can shop your way from one of the 16 convenient locations or online at woodhouse.com anytime. 18 brands, huge selection of pre-owned. You can always find what you are looking for with Woodhouse. It's our first baseball show for the spring. The head coach with us till the top of the hour. In our chat room, female KC Royals fan says, I've got tickets for the 24th for the retirement of the jerseys. What time should my dad and I be in the stands to see that happen? Well, I think the what, the ballpark usually only opens what is it 90 minutes, 90 minutes prior to, so that probably is going to be, I would assume, similar. But you'll do the ceremony before. Well, the it'll be pitch. before the first pitch, yeah. so I, I would sometime in between when we take pregame infield, outfield, and the national anthem. I would say okay. I, I don't haven't seen the timing sheet yet for that, but we usually take our pregame is 45 minutes prior to the game, so. Uh, then they take it after that field prep. So I would imagine 20 minutes or so before the game. I'm kind of just shooting off the hip here, okay. but usually those type of things, whether it be senior day or some of these cer- cer- ceremonies typically take place kind of in that, that time frame there. What a cool neat night that should be. Yeah, really excited about that. That's something that we've talked about since I've been back at Nebraska and just, just now really been able to execute the plan, um, you know, getting everybody here and um, – 
yeah, just finding a time to do it. It's going to be hopefully we got have a great great weather, um, have a big crowd to honor those guys, and there's certainly maybe some other guys that are deserving too. But we really felt like those three guys just in this era of, of Nebraska baseball have m meant an, an enormous amount uh, for all different types of reasons, and um, not just on the field but but off the field as well. So really thrilled to have all three of those guys in the ballpark, and um, really want to honor them in a special way. Something also new at the ballpark is you've got these banners hanging over the bullpen in right field that honor yep. the College World Series team. Yep, that was uh, something new for this year. And then um, you noticed the the yellow line out there that's already come into play yep. over there in the home run porch in right center. But yeah, um, those College World Series banners were something we felt like we wanted to display, uh, you know, out there. Um, and so we're, you know we're, we're excited about that. And then obviously the unveiling of the jerseys. Very cool. All that coming up on the twenty fourth of March. Dorothy Lynch, Homestyle Light and Lean Dressing, Endless Flavorabilities. 402-413-2400. Take our final break. Back to wrap up tonight's show next. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. It's our first baseball show of the spring. The head coach with us for a few more minutes. Want to say congrats to Cole Evans, named the Big Ten Player of the Week. What a nice job he's done. Yeah, you go, uh, you hit 800 or whatever it was on, on a week. You figure <laughs> that's a, it's a pretty big shoe in. Uh, what a cool, uh, again, it's just a, a testament to the makeup of this team is, is a guy like Cole who waited his turn and stayed ready. And, you know, the game always honors those guys that are good teammates and that they stay ready and have a great attitude. And, Boy, he, he's really responded in a big way. You know, next man up, you know, Anglum was probably our hottest hitter or one of our hottest hitters when he went down. And, and uh, Cole has stepped right in. He, he's a great outfielder, a great base runner, you know, and, and what, a, what an amazing week he's had. And, he, and he's also kind of made a little bit of a physical adjustment this week, too. And to be able to go implement that into the games right away, um, man, he, he's a throwback. Uh, love watching him play. Um, really proud of him. Going to hear from him in our pregame show uh, tomorrow night. Let's stay in, in uh, Lincoln. Gene, you're up next with the head coach. Good evening. Hi. Good job, coach. I'm really proud of the uh, season, the way it's going, and all the home runs that you're hitting and doubles. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, Gene. But my question is uh, how close is Anglin to getting back? Yeah. Um, you know, he's working back. He's he's putting in a lot of work and, and hours with our training staff. Um, it, it's typically going to be at least a two-week injury uh, when you have a hamstring strain. It, it wasn't a it wasn't a terror. Um, he did have some swelling and some bruising uh, with it. It, it. I think it was in a better place. Uh, it was a little bit lower part of his hamstring uh, that it happened, which the way I understand it, it's better than it being high uh, up on his leg. Um, so he's back swinging a bat right now um, off a tee doing some front toss um, feeling pretty good actually I mean it was right away he was it was having a hard time walking for the next day or, or two after uh, but he's really improved I guess it's been a, a full week and and then some now um, since he's gotten hurt uh, so I, I think maybe cautiously optimistic that we may see him back in action maybe in about another week to 10 days um you don't want to rush a hamstring or soft tissue injury back just because they're so vulnerable uh to happening again and so you don't want to lose him for 
an extended period of time uh, by trying to rush him back, especially with the cold weather. I think that that's another thing that's going to play into it. Um, so hopefully a week to 10 days we see him back, maybe in some capacity, may just be as a uh, as a hitter before he can go play defense and run bases, but we'll, we'll see. But he's working hard. Um, our training staff's working hard with him, and um, he's doing everything he can, I can assure you, to get back quickly. You're back on the field tomorrow night, the Mavericks. Here comes Omaha, and, and they've done a nice job with that program. Yeah, I have a ton of respect for Coach Porter and his coaching staff, and they've got good players. They play together well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. I think it's going to be over 50 degrees maybe tomorrow, so it's going to feel Balmy. tropical out yeah. there. Um, but yeah, excited to have another home game and uh, in-state rival, and um, you know, hopefully we can get a good crowd and, and play well. These midweeks are important, and you'll see some janky scores around the country in midweek. Some teams don't get themselves ready to play, and for a team like Omaha, it's a big opportunity for them. Yeah, and our guys know with the goals that we have uh, and everything still in front of us, like we need to take care of our home field and we need to definitely take care of the midweeks and make sure that, that we do a great job there and uh, be a good test tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Congrats on the, on the start to this thing and uh, let's go get the maps tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Thanks.